Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hockey at the Rock. My name is Dan Roselle, and as always, I'm joined by John Fisher. Good morning, John. Good morning, Dan. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm feeling a certain level of acceptance about this devil season at this point, and uh, mm. I think this week has been a very good summary of the team this team could be but showing all the things that are holding them back. And so what I mean by that is that in the week that was, the Devils beat the Colorado Avalanche, lost to the Calgary Flames, and lost in overtime to the Carolina Hurricanes. And the two losses came for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the win was almost, you know, it was very close to not being a win at all. So yeah, a lot happened this week in terms of um, what we think the Devils could be. Because honestly, I have to say, Overall this week, their defense, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's actually... See, here's the thing. On its own, if we just took the week on its own, the Devils went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Mm-hmm. You know, the last game was an overtime loss. It could literally could have gone either way. You would go, okay, not the best, but not bad. Mm-hmm. But given the context of the season so far, the Devils cannot afford a whole lot of not bad weeks. No, they need agreed. to be very good weeks. You can have and a week like this if you beat Anaheim, San Jose, and Montreal at home. If yeah, you don't it, do that, you're not allowed to have weeks like this. Exactly. And this, and we can run through the gamut of other winnable losses, like the Montreal game last month, um, coming up lame right before the All-Star break uh, to Carolina and Tampa Bay. We, we can go down the list, but we're not going to go down the list, Dan. Yeah. We're going to focus on what just happened. Mm-hmm. So, first and foremost, the, the Avalanche game. So, the Avalanche, Dan, we're coming off a overtime loss to our hated rivals. Mm-hmm. Devils 
came out pretty slowly in the first 10 minutes and, of course, would give up the first goal. But the Devils responded with Chris Tierney's first goal as a Devil, mm-hmm. a tip-in of a Simon Nimitz shot, and the Devils acquitted themselves quite well going into the second period where they legitimately outplayed Colorado very well. Jesper Bratt finished a two-on-one. Dawson Mercer poked in a loose puck after Eric Halla failed to score a gimme in front of the net. You're up 3-1. You're looking pretty good, Dan. Pretty strong. Yeah, and then uh, 28 seconds later, you're not. Hmm? No, no, no. That's the third period, Dan. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry, I meant within an interval of 28 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Devils as a whole... You're up 3-1, and Colorado really pushed the tempo here. And the thing about Colorado is that they're very similar to the Devils in that they're a very fast team. Mm-hmm. They're very uh, quick to, to react, and they love to catch teams in transition. And they the Devils had a lot of problems with Colorado in the third period. But you're absolutely right. A 28-second spell in a 4-on-4 situation. 4-on-4, where the Devils usually thrive, by the way. But again, Jack Hughes wasn't quite back for this game yet. No. He's a big engine for that um, you know open ice play that the Devils are kind of I would say kind of known for at this point in overtime, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they completely got dominated in that span. No, yeah, not only did they get dominated, it led to goals. And Vanacek, mind you, was having a really good game in this one. Yep. That third period in particular, you know, he stopped Nathan McKinnon multiple times. McKinnon has been on an absolute rager of a heater, a towering inferno, if you will. I just, um, I noticed you used the word was though, John. Yeah, he he mm. he did not get a point in this one. He really could have. He came very very close a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Hughes had him in his pocket sometimes, and then the few times he broke away from Luke Hughes, Vanacek came up with a save. But in these twenty eight seconds, Dan, uh, Arturi Lekkinen pretty much crunched Luke Hughes behind the net, and Vitek Vanacek for some inexplicable reason is not at the right post. <laughs> He's just standing up, so the puck comes out guy, in front, man. and Kale McCarr just taps it in, and I'm just like, oh, bro. I don't no. know about this guy. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to be like, hey, stay in the net, man. Well, he was staying in the net. He just wasn't paying attention. Well, like it, also, puck... like, again, where is the puck going to go except to the opposite side? Like, the, where else could it possibly go? I don't well, know. He's not looking. And it hit him anyway, and it still went in. <laughs> yeah, like this. Like, again, I understand, you know. The play was rimming around the corner, but as a goaltender, you're not just going to be standing up assuming your guy's going to collect it. Like you have to assume in a four on four with the way Colorado was playing, hey, be prepared if it comes out the right side, which it did. In any case, three, two, right? Next shift, Colorado dominates. Long shot from Drew in. And no, not a long shot from Drew in. Drew in sets up Sam Gerard for a long shot. Mm -hmm. And Vanacek is too deep in the net. His glove hand, which has been noticeably slow this season, gets beat. It's three to three. I haven't seen him make a glove save. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take that no, back he because did. we did see him make some glove saves. He did. And but like you said, that, up until play. that point, he was pretty good in this game. And then at yeah. three three, you would expect the devils to kind of be like, Well, we've seen this before. This yeah, is the McKinnon classic collapse. Got a, McKinnon broke away from Luke Hughes. Mm-hmm. Vanacek miraculously comes up with a big stop. Actually you know, huge. legitimately huge. That's the frustrating thing about Vanacek in this game and as a season this whole is that he is capable of putting up big performances, but then he has a minute or so or he has a couple moments where it's just like, my dude, are you meant to be in Utica? Like, what is this? Well, he'll make the best save you've seen in your life once per game and then let up three soft goals glove side. Possibly, yeah. Well, anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Anyway. Anyway. Late in the game, John Marino decides to activate, goes for a wrap, 
doesn't work, but it actually yields a potential jam play for Brat. But he, he gets denied. He flings it out to Heisher, but Marino correctly stays in the slot. Heisher sets him up. Marino blasts in the one timer. So within the final few minutes, the Devils are up four to three. Huge goal for the team. Huge goal for Marino. You can tell how much they all really wanted that one. Yeah. Um, and they they held strong. They held strong out of their four shots on net in the third period. Two of them went in. That was one of them. And Eric Hall put in an empty netter for the 5-3 final. There were many comments on my site and elsewhere that felt that this saved the season. Mm. And you got a sense of that because, you know, Colorado is a legitimately good team. You got to see how incredibly fearsome they could be. Even playing the night prior, they were very quick. They played with a lot of energy. And, you know, Colorado has something to play for, too. Like, it's a tight race at the top of the Central. Um, but the Devils oh. denied McKinnon's point streak at 14 games and in <laughs> got a late goal report, right? Like they, they mentioned that um, last year, they felt that it was the Colorado game that they won in a close one. Again, I think that was a one nothing vantage win also. Yeah, Jack Hughes um, I remember for watching that one, uh, yeah. but they, they cited that game as the point where it really started to come together and they thought they could really have something. And so we all thought <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty great. <laughs> and to their credit, I'm going to give them some credit, the team as a whole, not one guy. But the next game against uh, Calgary, this is an extremely winnable game. Calgary is not one very of winnable. the best teams in the West. You've beaten them before. Um, you're very familiar with who they are and who they have. Uh, this is a game that you should win if you have playoff aspirations, especially at home. And uh, they didn't. No. And the sad thing is, is that uh, for the most part, the Devils did a lot of things right in this game. They actually scored the first goal. That's rare for them, yeah. which is also part of the problem with the Devils this season. Uh, but no, Andres Palat puts in a puck. Good. Devils are attacking well against Jacob Markstrom. Markstrom's playing really well. I know he's a popular trade target, um, given everybody in the league that needs a goaltender like the Devils. Um, but Backstrom, I guess, did well in his audition, so to speak. But again... We saw the Devils, um, the Swarm defense fail miserably. Andrew Mangiapane's open behind the net, feeds it open to a wide-open Mikhail Backlund at the post, and Vanacek is just a half-second too slow to get across. Puck goes in off his shoulder. It's 1-1 late in the first period. Mm -hmm. And then, Dan, disaster struck in the second period. Um, A misplay on offense led to an attack. It's just like the the attack was handled. Like, this is the perfect example of why these goals are just so deflating. Like, they're playing so well up until this point. And, man, like, everyone in the rink except Vanacek knew where that puck was going uh, far side of the post. On the second one, everybody saw the puck except for him who didn't know that he had squeezed it. Well. Well, the Devils, uh, the Devils players assumed he caught it. And most, yeah. I think most people assumed it too, because Usually 99.9% of the time yeah. you see the goalie crouch in that position. He catches the puck and he goes, okay, I got it. Yep. Dazin Kadri shot, uh, you know, at the top of the right circle. Vanacek catches it and then it squirts through and it's sitting behind him. Like he just pooped it out. Mm-hmm. It's literally sitting behind his spot. Connor Zari, you know, goes for the tap in. And and looks like he scored, you know, he looks a fjork, you know, as he should. He got a magical gift to make it 2-1. Mm-hmm. I, I understand after the game there were criticisms. Oh, Santeri Hataka should have tied him up. Like, my dude, I understand the Devils assumed their goaltender caught the puck because you expect your goaltender to catch the puck in that situation. That's Let, absolutely all on Vanacek. That is a Vanacek avoid, failure. Uh, criticizing Santeri Hataka, who has actually done a pretty decent job in terms of 
uh, being an emergency call up. I, I think he yeah. hasn't looked too out of place, and he looks no, he has um, more similar to how he did in the preseason than a lot of the other players do. So, yeah, he was one of those guys that I thought he had a a shot at some at some point of making the team because mm-hmm. he did play games in the NHL with San Jose. Not many, but he did. And he had the profile of, you know, somebody who would be a call-up guy. You know, he's not going to wow you or give you flashy stuff. But if you need somebody to give you 16 solid minutes of play, um, you know, similar to a Colin Miller, similar to a Brendan Smith when he's having a good game, he could do that. And he has been doing that for the most part. I think, honestly, some of the criticism of Hitaka was mostly because the MSG broadcast doesn't like to be very critical of their teams, regardless of they're the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Knicks, you know, um, trying to remember who else MSG airs. But the point is they tend not to be very critical, even though everyone and their mother knew that was a Vanacek screw up. Oh, and man, it, it didn't so get obvious. better. It didn't get better, Dan. It no. did not get better because once again, John Marino got boxed out by a player. He should not be being boxed out by, by legendary Ugh. ex-devil Kevin Rooney. Kevin Rooney. like really For his got first his... of the season. Oh, my God. Gets, he bodies, gets inside position on Marino. Marino's not tying up a stick. And Vanacek is on his goal line, completely unaware that the puck is at his feet and his legs are open. Just this may shock you that Rooney jammed in the puck. 255 in the third period, you're down 3-1. Mm-hmm. And now here, now I'm going to deviate a little bit here, Dan. After the game, somebody asked Lindy Ruff, did you think about pulling Vanacek in this game? And, and Ruff's answer was very curious. He said, you know, I thought about it after the third goal, but then I thought, you know, Dawes, Dawes he hasn't played in a while. Dawes My dude, he... you're the reason why Dawes hasn't played in a while. Also, if you're like, why is Dawes up here then if you're not going to play him? Vanacek started as of yesterday, four straight games. So yeah. when when else? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in any case, um, veteran Eric Holla decided to uh, you know make a bad situation worse by taking a double minor for high sticking on the next shift after Rooney's goal. Mm-hmm. But then the Devils got a break. Yeah. Nico Heischer broke away and scored a shorthanded goal. Cute. It was lovely. Rare for the Devils this year. Yeah. 3-2. And the Devils kill the penalty. Also good. But then... Momentum has swung in our direction, John. No, it has not. Well, because... Until this. <laughs> because Noah Hannafin, uh-huh. who, had a, who had a good game, I know he's another popular player on the trade block, um, fires a long shot on Vanacek, and Vanacek earned the nickname of pinball flippers by some of, some of the people who matter on my site for exactly this type of play, where he kicks out this rebound fat and juicy to the slot. Andre Kuzmenko, recent acquired uh, from Vancouver for Calgary, uh, gets this puck ahead of Kevin Ball, sweeps around, and slides it through the legs of Vanacek. 4-2. It's, I mean, it's so bad. It's so bad, especially if you're thinking of pulling him after two, and you don't, yeah. and then you see the third one, you're like, no. Yeah. You can forgive the backland goal, because that was, you know, a wide open one-timer. He's going yeah, to post the post. But the other, the Zari goal was a bad goal to allow. The Rooney jam play was a bad one to allow. And this one was just, my dude, why were you kicking it into the slot? Yes, Kevin Ball would look like slow as molasses, but that's not, it's not Kevin Ball's fault there. That, that's Vanacek. That was, that was rough to watch, especially, again, the best word I think I have for this season as a whole, and not in the same way that like the late 2010 seasons were in the sense that like, Oh no, this team, this is really all they have. No, this is frustrating in a different sense of like, they can show so much of what they can be, but there's just such little things holding them back that compound into big snowball, 
mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, disastrophes. And yeah, at this point, you'd think that with Vanacek having the game he did against Calgary, despite the Devils even crawling back one closer as they usually do, um, the next game wouldn't have been his. But I guess Lindy Ruff knew something because honestly, this was maybe his best game of the season. It was. Now, just to put a bullet point to add to Vanacek's bad night in Calgary against Calgary, he somehow decided to tackle a flame after coming out of the net and not winning the puck. Somehow they wiped up the goal off the board, but yeah. then Tyler Toffoli bobbled a puck with the net empty and Andrew Mangiapane ate that bread and um, got an empty netter for for a 5-3 loss that disappointed everybody. And as you said earlier, you know, if you're a team with playoff aspirations, you got 40 shots on net. You, you, made, you got goals past Markstrom. Um, my dude, Vanacek lost you that game. So yeah. it so it met, led to a lot of the people who matter, such as myself, very irate when they saw that Vanacek was starting in Carolina last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. But as you said, Dan, it was legitimately his best game yet. And not up- only that. Yeah, Like, I want to commend the team, too, because it wasn't just his best game, but it also didn't have to be with the way they were finally playing defense in the sense that they finally learned to clear the area in front of the net. They were finally paying attention to things like that. It seemed like uh, the practice that they had had right before where that was the emphasis made a big difference. And uh, honestly, like I was I was happy to see that they looked more like last year because regardless of the result, Vanacek was playing well. And he was making saves in tough situations, but also the team was doing a lot to clear the net in front of him. They were doing a lot to be more attentive than they had been uh, in games prior. And so that was nice to see. It's just, you know, it's one of those where this is a disappointing result to lose in overtime the way they did. But um, in any other season, they if they had been playing like that most of the year, they wouldn't have been in a position to be disappointed that they dropped a point here. But now yeah, and, we can be extremely disappointed. Yeah, and, and just to put a... You know, just to add, you know, because I think you're soft selling it a little bit. The the mm-hmm. one goal in this game that came in overtime, so that meant Vanacek and Piotr Kachetkov, who, by the way, on the same night that Vanacek had his awful night, Kachetkov gave up a goal from center ice. Mm-hmm. Like he he misread a dump in by Colorado. It was a fake dump in attempt, and it went off his glove and in. He was just standing and like, oh, he got pulled after that one, but an injury Toronto meant he had to go back in. So anyway. Kachetkov and Vanacek played very well in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, they took the game to overtime with zero goals allowed. That's that's your goaltender. You know, Pretty goaltending good. clearly did their job. And the one goal that beat Vanacek in overtime, it was a shot by a rising shot by Martin Nechas. And Vanacek correctly stops it by, you know, getting his board on uh, his uh, board, his waffle board, his blocker on it. Aho, who's crashing the net just bats it in midair like yeah. he's Sidney Crosby. Like, yes, I understand there's, you know, oh, how come he didn't, you know, why didn't Vanacek hit it, play it to the corner? Like, my dude, you can't put that type of puck to the corner. And also, I mean, that's you know, not, anyway. Like, yeah, like, like, like this sometimes. is, this is like, like, I don't like, if there's a goal to be mad about, this isn't it, my dude. Like, no. this is more Aho did something special than anything else. Yeah. And it's frustrating, but, but as you said earlier, because you had all those bad losses earlier this season and that lost to Calgary most recently, mm-hmm. you know, because of those losses, the Devils are in a position where they really need wins. And so only getting a point against a team they're kind of not really chasing anymore, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, hurts, you know, especially on a night where other teams were losing and the Devils could have made up some ground uh, with a second point. But I mean, full credit to the Devils. They played 
you know, Carolina was definitely the better team in terms of five on five, for sure. Like they attacked more often, they got more chances, but you know, the devil's held with them shot for shot. Mm-hmm. And again, Vanacek goalied the, the Canes just as much as Kachetkov goalied the Devils. The Devils drew four penalties. That's actually led to another frustrating thing, the holding the Devils back, at least for oh, over yes. the past two months. Um, Their has power been, play is terrible now. Yeah, the power play. I thought that maybe the return of Jack Hughes, who returned in the Calgary game, would have been a big help. And in a sense, it did, because now the power play can get some like shots on that. Yeah. But it's, it's still in that situation where maybe they give you a good 30 seconds out of two minutes when that's not going to get, that's not going to do the business. It's one of those areas where like you really, really miss Dougie Hamilton, not just because like it shifts the threat potential on power play one and power play two. If you can split up, you know, Luke Hughes a little bit, maybe you keep him on one, but then you have Dougie on two. That's just a big threat of a shot to have that they don't really have in any of their current defensemen, except that's why they kind of play Colin Miller there. Sometimes I think, yeah, yeah, that's the equivalent of what you're trying to do, but they're not the same guy. No, like, like Luke Hughes and Simon Nemec are very special players, but they don't have the big shot from the back. And just the threat know. of that alone is going to make teams adjust differently to that. And so Dougie, I think that's where the team feels his absence the most. I agree. And I think a big part of it is, and this is actually a general theme for my frustration with the Devils this season, is they're trying a lot of the same stuff regardless of how it's working Mm -hmm. and you know look i get the idea of you know you're just in a slump you just got to play through it but the reality is with this power play which is now over its last 22 its last power play goal i believe was in that bad loss to montreal which was you know january 17th like Mm -hmm. we're almost a month between power play goals at this rate unless i'm completely forgetting about one off the top of my head um, no, I'm not forgetting about one. That is the last time they scored a power play goal. Um, so you're now, you know, in a game like this one where the Devils got four power plays. Timo Meyer didn't get a shot on net, but he drew three power plays. Like, yeah, it's not like he was a complete waste of time. Um, you know, he, he, look, Kachekov did make some good stops. There were some good looks, but you need a goal at this point. You just mm-hmm. need it. It's, it's, it, you know, if it wasn't for Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins in the same division who have literally the same problem, except it's been stretched out to four months, um, you know, the power play in a sense is holding you back. And to your larger point, is it the biggest thing in the world holding back? No, but combined with the bad goaltending, the stubborn attention, you know, the stubborn ways of, of not adjusting to the opponent or asking your injury ravaged team to do something a little more conservatively and easier on them. Uh, you know, it all adds up to a season that may be becoming lost uh, sooner rather than later. And unfortunately for the devils, well, they don't have on. a lot of time well, just, to, to breathe I, here. I just want to say as much as your goalie giving up a bad goal, gives up your momentum in a game, the the power play not being able to perform does the exact same thing. Like I, I don't want to like underemphasize the fact that the early on in the season when things weren't going well at five on five, their power play got them back into games and changed the momentum. And you oh, felt absolutely. that shift happen. Now that it's completely gone, they can't build on leads, they can't regain leads, and they can't catch up using what had been like a great strength for them. And now they're out of the top five in power play percentage, I believe. They are. Yeah, it took it took a while, but they fell out. And worse than that, Dan, is that other teams now have the, you know, they can they can do thing, bad things to the Devils and the Devils can't punish them for it. Mm-hmm. I do the weekly snapshot and it's a very common phrase where, you know, seven at, or I should say because Pittsburgh six out of eight teams take a penalty and they get punished for it. You know, 
against against you know the the metropolitan teams but the yep. devils can't so what other you know if you're sitting there at home and you're talking like your ken danico going about oh i don't like how the other teams take liberties with the devils well you're not scoring any goals to punish them so yeah. you know it's not going to stop uh you know so i mean and, and and in a game like this where one goal literally would have won this game um it, it sucks and it sucks more for vanacek because again I'll 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 take the L here, Dan. I thought it was a stupid call by Ruff to start Vanacek, but Vanacek mm-hmm. played a great game. I'm wrong. I was wrong about that. Ruff made the right decision in the in, in that respect, even risky as it was. But uh, again, the the Kachekov was unfortunately better on this night. Yeah, and that at the end of the day, that's all this game specifically boils down to. But uh, again, we're we're out of a level of tolerance for this, so that there there can't be many more. Um, and uh, you know lost points going down the stretch here and so yeah let me, uh, let me who do they just have highlight. left yeah yeah let me just run down what it looks like in the standings right now mm-hmm. so with the with the point they're actually now in fifth place they actually moved up the spot Ooh. uh because uh pittsburgh and washington had worse weeks nice. um, and the devils are within striking distance of the islanders the problem is is that that's not that that's not good enough right, right. now your wild card teams are the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings at 60 points, respectively. Uh, Detroit has one more game played than the Devils. The Devils have played as many games as Toronto. And they're so the Devils are currently six points back at both of those teams. And by the way, you have to pay attention to the Tampa Bay Lightning mm-hmm. because the Tampa Bay Lightning have 61 points in 53 games. So, you know, it's a tight race in the Atlantic. And unfortunately, that's blocking out the wildcard spots for the Metropolitan. And six points back is a massive lead. It doesn't sound like much, but it really is. It's it's mm-hmm. three games. And then the Philadelphia Flyers, who entered the All-Star break with a five-game losing streak, well, Dan, they're on a three-game winning streak now. Hooray. They have 62 points now with 53 games. So even if the Devils win all three games in hand, so what? The Devils are going to end up being two points behind the Flyers. Um, and that's actually incredibly relevant to this week coming up, mm-hmm. Dan. Mm-hmm. The because stadium series game. That's right. The Joe Bros are going to be playing. It got announced that the Gaslight Anthem is going to play not only in the first intermission, but they're going to play the Howl, the Devil's Goal song, live every time the Devil score a goal. Well, let's hope that they play it a lot. Let's keep well, these we, men employed. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, the Gaslight Anthem's over the moon after being compared to years of being, you know, a pop punk band that just loves Bruce Springsteen too much. They actually did a collaboration with Bruce Springsteen a couple of years ago. So, the, in a in a sense, New Brunswick's own. I'm not going to say they're bigger than My Chemical Romance, but I mean, come on, you know, they're they're not terribly far off. I'll just uh, say that much. All right, fine. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't think that's true, but sure, go ahead. Actually, yeah, you're right. It, 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 yeah, it's it's, it's uh, the minute I, I said that, I'm like, yeah, MCR could fill an arena. Close. <laughs> MCR could fill an arena right now. The Gaslight Anthem. Yeah. Eh, it depends on the other bands on the bill. Anyway, not uh, to disparage them, but this is their moment to play Howl a lot as the Devils try to yeah. score goals and uh, bridge the gap between themselves and the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, yeah. Again, this is this this Stadium Series games isn't just a showcase game and a chance to get 80,000 people at MetLife Stadium in February. It's it's also an important game for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for the Devils, the Flyers have a light week coming up. They only play one game before this stadium series game. The Devils, on the other hand, get to play three games in four nights. Nice. Including a dreaded back-to-back set. Monday, so, Tuesday. Oh, uh, yeah. Mo- they get to host Seattle, who just lost to Philly um, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And then the Devils get to go down to Nashville to play Andrew Burnett 
and the Nashville Predators, who are in playoff contention, Dan. They are they are they are neck and neck with St. Louis and now Calgary, by the way. Yeah. For that wild for a wild card spot. Um, I mean, again, I, I think we've said it before. I think at this point, with the schedule that the Devils have remaining and how they've been so far, if they make the playoffs, they will have earned it. I'm actually more interested to see how they would do after going yeah. through a season like this than last season where they were pretty much in control from the jump. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's a very different situation. It feels like it'll be more of a uh, a slog and process, but maybe they'll yeah. grow more on the pathway there, but you still have to get in exactly and for all the complaints of oh, your scoreboard watching too early no 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 no, no my dude no, no. uh it, it was uh, anyway these points come back to haunt you anyway and that means you really the devils really do need to get you know they need to end this second half of back-to-back slump i know that's an awkward title for it but mm-hmm. they just have to end it and Nashville's not a bad team yeah. Like I said, they're in playoff contention. They have they have reason to play. Andrew Burnett has his charges playing well enough when most people expected them to be um, not so good this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Tortorella is probably running away with the Jack Adams trophy at this rate, but I wouldn't be surprised if Burnett was a finalist. I'll say that much. Anyway. Fantastic. That the, the next anyway. couple of matchups. But anyway. Yeah. By the way, where was Burnett last season? Where was Burnett? Behind yeah. the Devil's Bench. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So after that back-to-back set, the Devils will then go and host Los Angeles on Thursday night. And that's a weird one because if you asked me this like a month ago, I would have said, oh, that's a tough matchup because the Kings are, were, and in, in a sense still are, an excellent road team. They actually be- had the best road record in hockey. But the Kings have suddenly fallen apart over the mm-hmm. past month or so. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, you know, I mean, granted the Edmonton Oilers have been on the heater of heaters, uh, you know, for two months straight, but uh, the Kings are now suddenly in the wild card battle and there's a chance they could fall out. I mean, they, they've won a couple games recently, but they, they are an awful home team like the devils. Um, they're much better on the road, but again, the Kings similar to the devils, their goaltending is a complete question mark. You don't know what type of effort you're going to get every night from them. Yeah, they can outscore their problems, but, um, you know, their recent form has just been very questionable. So it's an open. So all that being said, the Devils really do need to get a a win over L.A. And they got to win that stadium series game, Dan. They have to. Mm -hmm. They're playing a team they are directly chasing. In fact, I will go as far as to say if the Devils want to go on a heater for the first time this season, this is really the best time to do it because you got the four games with this week I just mentioned. After this week, you get a big game in Washington, D.C. on the 20th, and then our hated rivals on the 22nd, and then a back-to-back set on the weekend afternoon. Bring your kids, Montreal and Tampa Bay at home, and then you go on your California road trip. Now's the time to get hot. Because as you said, if you don't, it's going to be a real slog, and if you really blow it, that's your season. You're not even making it to the trade deadline with playoff aspirations. Yeah, and we'll address all the trade deadline stuff as it gets closer, but I, yeah. I think that's a that's a good place to wrap for now yeah. um, as the Devils continue this tough schedule. But we're all looking forward to the Stadium Series game. Uh, the jerseys, I mean, I think they're okay. The problem with them is that no one will be able to wear them by the time the game happens. Yeah, um, because Fanatics and Adidas are just terrible at merchandise. God, Fanatics is how do you how do you awful. leave money on the table? Your job awful, is literally awful, to sell awful. stuff. Anyway. Like who says who says, hey, I want to buy a jersey? No, nah, we're not going to restock it. You're not going to restock it. Like 
turn on the factories open yeah. open a line like what are you doing well regardless we're we're not in charge of that we're here to talk about hockey but thank you all for yeah. listening to us do that uh for the 22nd time in this version of the podcast and we'll be back as the devils continue their schedule and as always let's go devils go devils see you next time